Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. Good morning, friends. It's good to be with you as we edge ever closer to the incarnation of our Lord. And today, this day, when we light the third candle in our Advent wreath, is known as Gaudete Sunday. The word Gaudete comes from the Latin word for joy. Though it carries the imperative form, the first word from our second lesson for today, rejoice. This is the joy that we feel at the coming birth of Christ. But there's other joy we feel. The joy that comes from the gatherings of families and baking cookies, the traditions that we have, even the joy inspired by all the lights up and down Madison Avenue, because on these days when the sun sets a little early, everyone enjoys a little extra light. If Advent is a season of waiting for God to be with us, then maybe it seems odd that this week we're meant to focus on joy. In the midst of a more penitential Lent, it signals a change in our posture, a turn to recognize the nearness of Christ's coming. But this year, Advent feels complicated. And I'm wondering if any of you, like me, have been sorting through how to be joyful or whether to be joyful at a time when there's this constant push and pull in our collective and individual consciousness. I think when things feel complex, it helps to break them down. So I'd like for us to look at joy three different ways this morning, each important to our season. The first is joy as a choice. The second is joy as a practice. And the third is joy as a celebration of our faith. I'm sure there are different ways to come at this, but at least these three ways have helped me approach this Sunday in a way that makes sense for this time that we find ourselves in. So joy is a choice. That may sound odd to choose joy, especially if you think of joy as something that you feel, a byproduct of your circumstances and emotions. But I believe that we can make a choice to be joyful or not. We can allow ourselves to find joy even where we don't immediately recognize it and hold on to it instead of the alternative. The irony, though, is that it's often in the times that are hardest that joy becomes most recognizable. You see it in the face of someone who's lost everything in a natural disaster, who's just thankful to be alive or someone who chooses to lean into peace and joy despite the, the difficulties of their present circumstances. I think this goes against the grain. It calls to mind a friend who serves a radically queer and trans-affirming church 
called Jubilee in Texas of all places. And I've watched this little church not only persist, but grow in their joy, even as they recognize the very real pain caused by people who have trouble recognizing the love that God has for all of God's children. To persist in such circumstances, to continue to time and again choose joy, their witness is a gift. But any of us, all of us, can choose to lean into the promises that God has made and trust that God's faithfulness will carry us along the way. Not everyone takes that path, but everyone has the choice to be joyful in the face of or in spite of one's circumstances, you can always choose joy. Now, if that's one way of looking at it, then I think you also can treat joy as a practice. There's that expression, fake it till you make it, right? And I'm not advocating that anyone be less than who they authentically are, but that's where the practice part comes in. You may have heard of cultivating a practice of gratitude, for example, and those same principles work for joy. It's this deliberate repetition that serves to exercise our muscles of ebullience and a season that can be so very complicated because of loss or loneliness or because there just aren't enough hours of daylight. Whatever the reason, cultivating a practice of joy has the ability to change our outlook, to lift us up and bolster us, provide us with much needed moments of levity, connection, I think children are particularly good at this, at the practice of joy, because the world perhaps hasn't had the chance to weigh them down quite yet. Instinctively, they lean in to that which brings them joy, and when we're lucky, they share that joy with us. But we too have the ability to see the beauty that exists in the world around us and look for the miracles that exist in our everyday lives. The impossible yellow of the ginkgo trees just before their leaves fall. The silky smoothness of a really good piece of chocolate just as it lands on your tongue. The joy found in things like music and art. As a friend recently said, you can't listen to Aretha Franklin and not feel joy. I think in this way, joy comes from connecting with our senses, from getting outside our heads and inviting the wonders around us in and being deliberate about it. It comes from making peace with the mundane and opening ourselves to deep connection. 
Now, joy may mean something different to each of us, and how we cultivate it may take different forms. But what's important is to be open to the ways that joy crosses our path and finding those practices that help to capture it and nurture it in our lives so that it might take root for a while if we let it. Looking at joy as a celebration of our faith probably doesn't need explaining because we are a people of faith. So too, we are a people of joy. Those two words, faith and joy, go hand in hand, but it's love that serves as the linchpin. And you will not often catch me quoting theologians of the past up here but I think Thomas Aquinas was spot on when he explained, for joy is caused by love, either through the presence of the thing loved or because the proper good of the thing loved exists and endures in it. You see, our God is a God of love and we are products of that love. We are created by that love and we carry it inside of us, and we are called to show it to the world. So perhaps then we are at our most faithful, most godlike, when we are joyful, and when we choose and show, to show and share that joy and love. In this season, today particularly, we're called on to celebrate as a gift of our salvation through Jesus Christ. And that often flies in the face of the society in which we live. And yet it's who we are and how we are called on to live. This is the message that Paul is sharing with the Thessalonians that was shared with us this morning. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This recipe for a good life, a whole life, rests in our ability to follow that exhortation. It isn't always easy or straightforward. And sometimes we must be deliberate in how we find our joy. But it's there to be found and nurtured. A balm for our souls, a fortification for our faith, my friends, there is much to be joyful for, even in this time in which we live. Not only in the promise of our redemption, but also in the here and now. And so today, as the pink candle burns, as we turn ourselves towards the final weeks of Advent, I hope you find a way to choose joy, even when it's hard. To practice your joy, especially if you don't feel it. And when you find it, don't hold it all to yourselves. Spread it around, for that's what joy is meant for. 
to be shared and celebrated with all of God's people. Amen.